This episode is brought to you by the Italian Wine Academy, teaching WSET levels 1, 2, and 3 in English, right here in Verona, the home of the Italian Wine Podcast. Want to become part of the international wine sector? Need a worldwide recognized certification? Don't know where to start? You can easily complete our courses while you enjoy the fun and excitement of Verona. Make your vacation good value for money by adding a wine certificate to your souvenirs. Visit our website at italianwineacademy.org for more information and sign up today to start your personal adventure in global wine education. Welcome to Jumbo Shrimp Wine Study Maps. We have specially created this free content for all our listeners who are studying for wine exams. This has been a journey of development since Stevie Kim discovered Rosie Baker's hand-drawn maps on Instagram through two years of work by our in-house editorial and graphics team, and now the maps are available to purchase in beta form while they undergo the final proofing and editing by our expert advisory board. It's a three-layered project because we know everyone learns differently. We now offer the complete box set of 39 maps, this series of podcasts with the maps narrated by our crack team of wine educators, and finally, the study guide book, which will be published later this year. Our map project is in no way a substitute for the material set out by other educational organizations, but we hope all the wine students out there will find our map project a new, exciting, and useful tool for learning. For more information and to buy the maps, please visit our website at mamajumboshrimp.com. Welcome to the Jumbo Shrimp Wine Study Maps podcast. I'm Jill Gordon-Smith and I'm talking about Sherry. So Sherry is a fortified wine from Andalusia on the southern coast of Spain. It was a British favourite by the 1870s and became one of the first protected appellations in 1933. Jerez is the hottest wine region in Spain and the home of Sherry production and it's located within the coastal province of Cadiz. There are three towns... We have Jerez de la Frontera, El Puerto de Santa Maria and San Luca de Barrameda and these are at the centre of sherry production and DO regulations. The DO regulations require sherry to be matured in and shipped from one of these three areas. On the coast, the cool Atlantic breezes alleviate the heat of the region, but as you move further inland, the temperature can be much hotter. And that's because of a couple of things. One is the Levante, which is a hot, dry wind that blows from the east. It's said to drive men mad. It actually cooks the grapes on the vine during ripening. There's another wind. It's a very humid um, Atlantic wind, and that's called the Poniente, and that promotes the growth of floor. So both very important for sherry. The trade is controlled by the sherry makers. They have their bodegas warehouses in the town of Jerez or one of the smaller seaside towns of San Luca de Barrameda or Puerto de Santa Maria. They grow and buy grapes or base wine from the cooperatives uh, who are not permitted to age or sell sherry. There's a small group of producers called Alma Chinistas, and they can mature but not sell wine. The climate's warm Mediterranean, it's very sunny, there's over 300 sunshine days a year, and the temperature is affected and moderated by the prevailing winds. As I mentioned, the Poniente is cool and humid, and the Levante is warm and dry, and it can actually raise temperatures right up to 40 degrees. Being on the coast, the rainfall is actually higher compared to other Spanish regions. The soils, most important would be Alboritha, and that's a high chalk content. It's very chalky and needs the right rootstock to avoid chlorosis of the vine. It has very good drainage, so it's deep enough to retain moisture, and they dig rectangular pits between the rows to trap water and to reduce runoff. Alboritha's soil also forms a very hard crust, and that's really important because that limits evaporation from the soil. There are three grape varieties permitted in Jerez, so Palomino, 
which is very low in acid and extremely neutral, and that's preferred for sherry. And 95% of the vineyard acreage in Jerez um, is planted to Palomino. It's got very good disease resistance and has quite high yields. Pedro Jimenez, there's very little in Jerez. Most is in Montilla Moriles in that DO, and the grapes are dried prior to being pressed. Also, Muscat of Alexandria, it's best in the Arenas soils, which are quite sandy soils, and it's used like Pedro Jimenez for sweet wines. Many of the region's grapes are machine harvested, and they've got to be pressed very quickly after picking as they're prone to oxidation. They take about 72 litres from 100 kilograms. So let's talk about the dry styles. So in the winery, uh, Palomino is used to make the dry wines of Jerez. And given the high temperatures at harvest time, the grapes have to get to that press very, very quickly because we want to avoid oxidation. The fermentation is typically in stainless steel in roughly 20 to 25 degrees. And it's quite high for a white wine, but it does produce a very neutral base wine by having those higher fermentation temperatures. And the base wine that's produced is around about 11 to 12% ABV. So the yeast is very active during the first seven days, and then there's a very slow ferment for up to 12 weeks. The wines come out at around 11 to 12 ABV and they're very dry. And at the conclusion of fermentation, the wines are classified. So each tank is marked as being either Palo with a vertical slash or Godura with a circle. It's then racked from its lees and left in large unsealed tanks in order for floor to form. Those that are being sent for biological ageing will be differentiated from those that are sent for oxidative ageing. And these decisions are based on the flavour characteristics of the wines. So typically the lighter, paler wines with more finesse will be selected for biological ageing and the darker, richer, heavier wines will be selected for oxidative ageing. And at this stage, you'll see that the film-forming yeast known as floor would have started to grow on the surface of the tank. So the Paolo's would be fortified to 15.5 and they're destined to become a Fino or Manzanilla style. The Gordura would be fortified to 17 to 18%, which would actually kill the yeast. There's several different strains of yeast that make up the floor. The floor is a very thick layer and... The yeast feed off the alcohol in the wine and the oxygen in the atmosphere to produce CO2, and it's the acetaldehyde that gives sherry its unique flavour. But in order to survive, the floor needs precise levels of alcohol, temperature and humidity. It's so sensitive that each bodega's position and conditions can affect the style. So floor can't survive in a wine with an ABV of over 15.5, and it likes cool, moderate temperatures and high levels of humidity. So it grows more vigorously in the spring and autumn and then dies back in the winter and summer. So Fino and Oloroso sherries are made with the same grapes at the same wineries, but this is where the similarity ends. In flavour and texture, the wines are different and the ageing process makes them even more different. So wines with a well-developed floor and a light body and colour would be classified as Fino. The fuller bodied wines with little to no floor would be classified as Oloroso. Now the juice from the lighter pressing produced the best Fino and the heavier pressings produced the best Oloroso. They're fortified, an ideal level to promote floor and stop other microorganisms, uh, which would be 15 to 15.5. And then Olorosos would be fortified to 17% because that would kill the floor because they can't exist over that 15.5%. They're then transferred to oak barrels and they rest in this stage. And this is called sobretabla. So after six to eight months, they'd undergo another classification. So if the floors developed really well, they remain a fino. If not, they're either going to be an Oloroso or a palo cortado or they'll turn into vinegar. So biological aging... 
enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local food, and taking in the scenery. Now back to the show. Fino Sherry is a biologically aged sherry, and it's been protected from the effects of oxygen by the floor. And that's that white blanket. The floor metabolizes most of the acid and some of the ethanol in the wine and allows a controlled oxidation through that semi-permeable barrier. The floor produces aldehydes and fusel oil and inhibits bacterial growth. And sherry floor is actually native to the region and nowhere else, which is why sherry only comes from sherry. The wine needs to be acidic because acid is the floor's main food. The barrels are seasoned. The winery has to be aerobic and humid, so lots of oxygen, and the wine has no residual sugar. Alcohol can't get to more than just over 155 to 16%, otherwise it'll kill the floor. Oloroso, which is the other style of, of wine, so oxidatively aged, the wine changes because of direct contact with the air. So Oloroso means fragrant. So with no layer of floor, the wines oxidise rapidly and the high alcohol protects them from bacteria. The wines gain in body and become really dark. Evaporation may concentrate alcohol to above 20%. Some Olorosos also classified as Rea and they're put into, these wines are put into cask in the sun for up to two years and they lose volume from evaporation and further concentrate flavour. So once a wine has been marked to become Oloroso, its future is pretty certain. Wines under floor enter the intermediary stage, the sobretablis, for six months to a year, and the wine's course of evolution could be redirected. The wines get classified for a second time. So as the pheno develops, the floor may disappear. And if that floor disappears, the wine then begins to age oxidatively and takes on a more robust hazelnutty character and slowly increases in alcohol. So if the loss of that floor's not too bad and the wines of good quality, that then becomes an Amontillado, almost like a failed Fino because the flavour, strength and colour deepen and sit between a Fino and an Oloroso. So let's talk about the Solera system, which is the maturation system. So we know that Sobretable is the first stage in the Solera where the wines are fortified and then they're rested. And then after six to eight months, they'll be reclassified. So because this is a form of fractional blending, the wine will be taken from one level to the next and only a third of the wine may be taken out in a year. And what this enables is consistency. A Solera is a number of groups of butts or levels that hold wines of different ages. The maturation process involves moving wine between those levels and the final level where the sherry comes out for sale is actually the Solera. The levels in between are called Cryadera. The Cryadera with the youngest wine is only replaced with the Sobretable wine, so the new wine from the nursery. The systems can also move into another, so a Fino might start to feed an Amontillado. Other styles, such as Manzanilla and age-indicated styles, are something we should really think about. So a manzanilla is a fino, but it's a fino that's been matured in the coastal town of San Luca de Barrameda, and it needs to be aged there to qualify as a manzanilla to San Luca de Barrameda. It is a separate DO to that of Jerez. They're made in exactly the same way as finos from Jerez, but the cooler, more humid conditions on the coast guarantee a really thick layer of floor, and they have an intensely tangy aroma. The most famous would be manzanilla fina, 
If a wine has undergone minimal fining and filtering, you might see it labelled as on Rama because you can actually see the yeast in there. There's also sherries with an indication of age, and there's four categories of age-indicated sherries, and the top category would be Vinum Optimum Rare Signatum, or Very Old Rare Sherry, and Vinum Optimum Signatum, Very Old Sherry. And these indicate the average age of the blend is at least 30 years old, and for VOS, at least 20 years old, and each batch is tested to see if it complies. The lesser categories would be, say, 12-year-old and 15-year-old. They apply to the whole Solera system, so they're used more flexibly. It's only a Montiato, Palo Cortado, Oloroso and PX that can qualify for age-indicated status. Vintage cherries with an age date are known as anada. They're rare, they're aged statically because floor can't be sustained without adding new wines. So they're aged oxidatively, so they're not aged in the Solera. That really covers everything we need to look at when we're answering a question on sherry. You need to think about biologically aged and oxidatively aged. Think about the styles of sherry, places that they come from. For example, Fino and Manzanilla being a Fino that's been matured in San Luca de Barrameda. Think about wines with age indication. It's important to know about VORS, very old rare sherry, VOS, very old, and also that the 12 and 15-year-olds are more likely to be aged in a Solera system because it has more flexibility. And then Anada, which is not aged in a Solera and is really rare. And that one is aged statically. Thanks for listening to this episode of Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Italian Wine Academy, offering WSET levels 1, 2, and 3 in English. Visit our website at italianwineacademy.org for more information and sign up today to start your personal adventure in global wine education right here in the heart of Verona. Remember to subscribe and like Italian Wine Podcast and catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever you get your pods. You can also find our entire back catalog of episodes at italianwinepodcast.com. Jean Jean! I'm Joy Livingston, and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love, and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production, and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests, and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.